You're listening to Northwest Chinese Baptist Church Podcast. To learn more about Northwest, including our gathering time, visit us at nwcbc.org. Follow us in our study of God's Word. I wanted to say thank you to Pastor Stephen and also to Pastor Michael for inviting me to come today. I really appreciate uh, the opportunity to come back. I, did, I was not able to be here when Pastor Terry had his uh, retirement celebration, and I uh, sent a video, but I wanted to say in person, congratulations to Pastor Terry, to your wife, to your church uh, for this uh, wonderful occasion of your retirement. And I wanted to say congratulations to you as a church in this transition. I I don't know if you realize this, but not every church has as smooth a transition in pastoral leadership as you all have experienced. And so uh, what a great day this is. What a great opportunity for your church to continue to move forward together. I just wanted to say congratulations on that, and I just appreciate that so much. Also, congratulations on this new worship center Uh, I still remember the pews coming in here, and uh, then I remember the days when it was still, um, you know, under construction. The the platform was under construction, and so this is beautiful, isn't it? Just a wonderful place to worship, uh, be together, and uh, sing praises to God. So uh, congratulations on that as well, and one last little word of greeting I wanted to share with you is just thank you for your faithful giving to the cooperative program, to missions all around our state and around the world. Um, you may or may not be aware of this, but during 2020, which was, we called it the COVID year, I think we're going to start calling it the triennial COVID years <laughs> that we have, but uh, during that first COVID year, our churches gave so generously, we had more missions giving that year than any other year in our history, almost 100 years. Last year exceeded that year. And so God has really blessed uh, our work and is blessing our churches. Our churches are giving faithfully, sacrificially, and we just appreciate that so very much. And because of that, the work that you're supporting is moving forward. Not one missionary was called home. We didn't have to stop planting churches. The seminary stayed open. Everything continued because churches were faithful to give. And so I just want to say thank you to you uh, for that. I had a pastor friend who called me one time, and he said, David, you won't believe what just happened. He said, I had a woman who called me, and uh, she said that she had to come see me to talk about Jesus. And I, he said, I asked her, why do you have to come see me right now? She said, because, she said, I just read my message on a fortune cookie that said someone is coming into your life who's going to change you. And she said, that has to be Jesus, so I have to come see you. And that woman came to know Christ. I always thought it was so funny how someone would take a message from a fortune cookie and receive salvation as a result of that. How, how crazy is that? What is your next step? I don't think you're going to find the answer to that in a fortune cookie. But I think you do find your answer to that in the passage where we're going to be camping today. And that is in John chapter 21, verses 15 through 22. Have you ever wondered what your next step is? Maybe as you're going into this new year, you're thinking about resolutions or you're thinking about goals. Uh, Maybe you're wondering what it is you should focus on this year. Maybe you're wondering what's the next step for me and for my family and for our church? Well, instead of thinking about a list of goals or a list of resolutions, 
I want you to just think about this one simple question. What is your next step? Now, the answer to that question may not be as easy as it seems. It's not about what's your next project, whether that's remodeling your home or getting something fixed. It's not, it's not about the next thing that's on your to-do list. Uh, as, as a church, it's not even, it's not even about you know, what's our, our next ministry we're going to start or the next thing that we're going to do. What's the, the next thing that has to be done as we continue reopening and reestablishing things? It goes back to your mission and your sense of vision of what God's given you about how you're supposed to com- accomplish that mission. And I think we find that in this conversation that Jesus has with Peter as he is, a, is having a very personal, very intense, somewhat confrontive conversation with Peter and challenging him to reaffirm his love for Jesus, to be able to be reminded of the mission that Jesus had given to him, and then to refocus on what following Jesus really looks like. So John chapter 21, I'm going to start reading in verse 15. So if you would, let's stand together as we read God's word. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs. He said to him a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved when he said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. Truly, truly, I say to you, when you were young, you used to dress yourself and walk wherever you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and another will dress you and carry you where you do not want to go. This he said to show by what kind of death he was to glorify God. And after this saying, he said to him, Follow me. Peter turned and saw the disciple whom Jesus loved following them, the one who also had leaned back against him during the supper and said, Lord, who is it that is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he said to Jesus, Lord, what about this man? Jesus said to him, If it is my will that he remain until I come, what is that to you? You follow me. Lord Jesus, speak to us about this portion of your word and about the next step that you have for us. And Lord, I pray that as we begin to consider what this passage has to say to us, that you would help us to find clarity about that and about surrendering ourselves to that. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. This conversation takes place after they had breakfast together by the Sea of Galilee. And you remember this story. After the resurrection, Peter told some of his friends, I'm going fishing. And so they went out to the Sea of Galilee, went up to the Sea of Galilee, and there they fished. And they were fishing all night. They caught nothing. In the morning, Jesus was on the shore, and he called out to them. He didn't know it was Jesus. He said, have you caught any fish? And they said, no. He said, then cast your net on the other side. 
and you will catch some. And so they did that, and they caught so many they could not bring it all in. This was all too familiar for John and for Peter, who had experienced this before. So John turns to Peter, and he says, it's the Lord. And Peter grabs his shirt and jumps in the water so he could go see Jesus. You think about that. John is so clear about this experience that he even numbers the fish, 153, which is why when Pastor Terry goes fishing, he always tells me exactly how many he catches. It's like 41, 35, 78. He knows exactly how many because that's what fishermen do. They count their fish. Well, by the time they got over to see Jesus, he had already fixed breakfast for them. Don't you love that about Jesus? He fixes breakfast. This is great. So they have this breakfast together, but after they finish that breakfast is when this conversation takes place. Now, there's only two places in the New Testament, Stephen, where it says there's a charcoal fire. It's this experience right here, and the only other time you find it is in the very place where Peter denied Jesus three times. It's the fire that was built outside the place where they were trying Jesus. Peter was cold and tried to get closer to that fire. Can you imagine Peter that morning looking into that fire? You know how it is when you look into a campfire? You start thinking. There's something about that that just starts you reflecting on things. Can you imagine Peter's mind going back to that experience? The last time he saw a fire like this, he denied Jesus three times. And now he's right there with Jesus. And it's that thing, it's that thing that was still between them. Maybe they had not even talked about it yet, but it was, it was still hanging in the air. And it's in that moment that Jesus says to Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me? It's a pretty significant question. Because as Jesus always does, he went right to the heart of the matter, Peter's love for Jesus. He says, Simon, son of John. It's pretty significant to me that he uses the name that Peter was known by before he started following Jesus. Simon, son of John. He uses his full name, Simon, son of John. Kind of like your mother used to do when she wanted to get your attention. And she would say, your full name. And you thought, ooh, she means business. I don't think Jesus was saying this in a hostile tone. I don't think he said that in a way that wanted to put Peter on the defensive. I think what he was saying is, Peter, there's something I want to say to you. It's very personal. It's very intimate. It's very important. Do you love me? Peter knew that he had denied Jesus. Jesus knew that as well. For in the passage in Luke, when it tells that story, it says that when Peter denied him the third time, Jesus turned and looked straight at him across that courtyard, and their eyes met. Peter, do you love me? The last part of that question, I think, is also very significant. Do you love me more than these? You ever wondered what Jesus meant by that? I have. At first, I thought that Jesus was talking about the fish because Peter had gone back to what he had been doing before following Jesus. 
So I, I started thinking, maybe Jesus is saying, Peter, do you love me more than these fish? Do you love me more than fishing? Are you going to go back to fishing rather than following me? But the original language doesn't allow that. It actually is pretty specific. And the tone of this question and the way that it's constructed says, do you love me more than these others do? Wow. Really, Jesus? Are you really interested in whether Peter loves you more than the other disciples? Like it was a kind of competition? I don't think that's the question at all. But Jesus knows Peter. This is the same Peter who at that last supper said, even if they all deny you, even if they all fall away, I'll never fall away even to the death. Jesus wants to get to Peter's heart without all the bravado, without all the boasting, without all the pride, without all the posturing. Peter, do you love me? He asked Peter three times. Now you might be aware that there's a little bit of a distinction of the words that Jesus uses and the word that Peter uses here. Because as Jesus asks Peter this question, there's a play on the two words, agape and phileo. Now agape is the word that's used to describe God's love. It's an unconditional, sacrificial kind of love. When Jesus asks Peter, do you love me? He uses the word agape. Peter, do you love me with an unconditional, sacrificial kind of love? But when Peter responds, he uses a different word. It's the word phileo. It's a word of friendly love, brotherly love, like the word Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. And so when Jesus will ask Peter, do you love me with an, an unconditional, sacrificial kind of love? Peter responds by saying, Lord, you know I loved you like a friend. That happens two times. On the third time, Jesus changes the word he uses for love. He changes it to phileo. So it's almost like in the conversation you have Jesus saying, Peter, do you love me with an unconditional sacrificial love like I love you? And Peter says, Lord, you know I love you like a friend. And Jesus says, do you love me with an unconditional sacrificial love like I love you? And Peter says, Lord, you know I love you like a friend. And the third time Jesus says, Peter, do you even love me like a friend? That's why it says Peter was grieved when he said to him the third time. It's not Peter was grieved because he asked him three times. He's grieved because, he, because of what he said that third time. Do you even love me like a friend? I think there's more going on here than just a play on words. I think there's more going on here than just Jesus talking to Peter about what happened. This is a redemptive moment. Jesus is giving Peter as many opportunities to express his love for him as he denied him. This is Jesus challenging Peter to a deeper kind of love, to reaffirm his love for him because he knows that Peter has tremendous tasks, tremendous tests, tremendous things ahead of him, and he knows he must get this right. They have to have a come-to-Jesus moment right here where Peter can come to grips with his failures 
but also the love that Jesus has for him in spite of those failures and to let him know that he is not finished with him yet. Jesus is calling Peter to a deeper love because he knows that when he takes the next step and the next step and the next step, it's going to take that kind of love. It's going to take a love that will stand the test. It will take a love that will stand his ground. It will take, take it will stand the test of time. The first step in knowing the next step for your life is to reaffirm your love for Jesus. To get things right. To be able to, to experience his forgiveness in your life. To have that come to Jesus moment when you come to grips with your failures, with what you have done wrong, with where you have not been pleasing him, but to come to grips with his love for you in spite of that, and then to reaffirm your love for Jesus. In fact, if you don't have that kind of experience with Jesus, you'll never discover what that next step is. Experience his forgiveness in your life. Experience his love in your life. Reaffirm your love for him in your life so that you can continue and take that next step. Your next step begins with reaffirming your love for Jesus, but your next step involves remembering your mission. Notice that every time Jesus responds to Peter, he gives him a task. The first time he says, feed my lambs. The second time he says, tend my sheep. And the third time Jesus asks him to feed my sheep again. Now, the words that Jesus uses vary, very, very slightly, only very slightly, from lambs to sheep, from feed to tend. But they speak to something that God was, was going to use Peter to do. They speak to his specific role as a part of the greater mission. Now, it's after this that Jesus gives the Great Commission to his disciples. It'll be a, a few more days. But on that occasion, he gives them the, the entire mission. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, teaching them whatsoever I have commanded you, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That mission is given to all of us, to all the church, all the time. But within that mission, there is specific roles, specific places, specific things that God wants you to do and wants all of us to do. And it was the same for Peter. Peter would have a specific role to play in the establishing of the early church. His role was important. As one of the original 12 and one of the inner circle of three, Peter was privileged to hear some of the teachings of Jesus, to be a, a part of what Jesus did in a way that, that none, no one else did. And you see that role being, being worked out in Peter's life. In the book of Acts, as Peter stands on the day of Pentecost, gives interpretation to what's happening with the tongues of fire that have been given to them through the Holy Spirit, telling them the gospel and kind of helping them to understand this is the fulfillment of the prophecy that God had given to them, and then being able to challenge them to, to follow Jesus as well. You see how that role continues to be very significant as Peter is instrumental in taking the gospel to the Gentiles outside the Jewish faith, outside the, the Jewish realm, and to be able to be instrumental in saying that God had opened the door now for the Gentiles to come in through his experience with Cornelius. 
And then you see how Peter was significant in writing two letters that now appear in our New Testament. And early church historians tell us that Peter is almost entirely responsible for the content of the Gospel of Mark. So much of what was established in the early church had to do with Peter. His role was significant and important. And his next step involved that mission that God had given to all of them and his specific role within that mission. That mission began when Peter first started following Jesus. Jesus said, come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. That had to be ever so real to Peter in this experience as they've just experienced this miraculous catch of fish. All too familiar with what Jesus had done in the very first days when he began to follow him. And now that call to Peter to come and follow him, to be a fisher of men, was, was going to begin to experience fruition, was going to be fleshed out. Now he was going to be fishing for new followers of Jesus, and then he was going to be telling those new followers, teaching them what it means to follow Jesus and who Jesus really is. Whatever your next step is, it will involve the mission that God has given to you and to us as his followers. All of us have a specific role to play in the Great Commission. We have a part to play that no one else can. And every church has a specific place in that mission as well. The way that one church is working to fulfill the Great Commission may not look the same as another church. But we all have the same mission. One church may find that God is leading them to plant another church. Another church may decide they need to begin a ministry to address a specific need in their community. And still another may send a mission team to another part of the country or another part of the world to reach people there. Sometimes we refer to those specific things as the vision that God has given to a church. But whatever that next step is, it will involve the mission that God has given to the church, to us as believers, and to you personally. That's where your next step will be found. God is calling you into that mission, and he's calling you to take your next step in that mission. So your next step begins with reaffirming your love for Jesus. Your next step involves the mission that God has given you to accomplish. Your next step is found in refocusing on following Jesus. In the end, the next step all comes down to following Jesus. That's what he was trying to tell Peter. He said there would come a time when Peter would be carried where he did not want to go. And John makes it clear that, that Jesus was referring to the death that Peter would die because ultimately all the steps that Peter would take, all those next steps, would lead to him giving his life for Christ. In fact, early church historians tell us that Peter died during the persecution of Nero by being crucified upside down in A.D. 63 because he did not want to be crucified the same way that Jesus was. Now, while Peter had no idea that would be his, his uh, ultimate end, Jesus did not want to explain all of that to him. He just said, you know, there's going to come a time when you're going to be carried to a place that you will not want to go. But he said, no matter what that is, you follow me. Because Jesus wanted Peter to understand, you can't just see the whole, the whole story. You can't see the end. We live this experience with Jesus, following him one step at a time. But Peter does what many of us do. 
Immediately when Jesus said, you follow me, Peter began to look around. And he saw that John was not too far off. And Peter says, well, what, what about him? What's going to happen to him? Isn't that just like us? Jesus begins to work in our lives, speak to us about what he wants us to do. We begin to follow him. We take steps. And then we look around and we see somebody else. Well, what about that person? How come they're doing something different? How come they're blessed and I'm not? Or how come they get all the breaks? Or how come they have it easy and I don't? Or how come you're using them to do this and you're not using me to do that? We look around at others instead of looking at Jesus. And notice what Jesus does. Jesus says, basically, if that's my will, if it's my will for him to, to remain until I come back again, what is that to you? You follow me. Now, Jesus wasn't saying that John was going to live until he came back. But what he was saying was, listen, Peter, you keep focused on following me instead of watching and looking at what other people are doing. Well, I, I, I talk to pastors and churches all the time, and so many times this is a problem. Because we see what another church is doing, we say, oh, that looks good, let's do that. Or we say, why does that church have all these people or all these resources? Why is that happening to them and it's not happening to us? Lord, shouldn't we do things just like they're doing? And I, I can just hear Jesus saying, if that's my will for them, what is that to you? You follow me. Don't just do what the next person is doing or what somebody else does or what another church does. You follow me. There's an important word in this for us. It may sound simplistic, but our next step is found in refocusing on following Jesus, not on what everyone else is doing. His next step for us may not look like what everyone else does. The way he has designed us individually and our church corporately is unique. He's placed us in a specific place at a specific time with specific needs, and his call for us is to follow him with a unique mission in that particular place, time, and setting. Let me just repeat that for you. The way he has designed us individually and our church corporately is unique. He has placed us in a specific place at a specific time with specific needs. And his call is for us to follow him with a unique mission for that particular time, place, and setting. And we'll only discover that as we follow Jesus, keep our eyes on him, on his mission, on our relationship with him. It's the only way we'll find that next step. So what is your next step? What is the next step for your personal life or for your family or for your church? I don't have the answer to that question. I do know you won't find the answer to that in a fortune cookie. I believe you'll find that by reaffirming your love for Jesus, experiencing his forgiving love and expressing your love for him in a new way and that it will involve the mission that he has given to you in a unique way, in this place, in this setting, in this time. And that you'll discover it as you follow Jesus. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, help us to follow you. Lord, with reckless abandon, 
Help us, Lord, to love you with an unconditional, sacrificial love like you love us. Help us, Lord, to experience your grace and love and forgiveness in our lives, especially as we look over the last year and we may think about things that we could or should have done or maybe we, we shouldn't have done. And Lord, I pray that, that we would return to a, to a deep love for you. And that, Lord, as we seek your will, that we would be reminded of the mission that you've given to us and the particular role and place that you have given to us in that mission. And that, Lord, we would focus on following you, not looking around, not trying to see what other people are doing, but, Lord, just looking to you for that next step. Lord, I pray that today, as you've spoken to us, that we would follow you in that next step, whatever that is, and that, Lord, that will enable us to, to see with clarity what the next step and the next step and the next step after that is. Thank you, Lord, for speaking to us today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you were encouraged by today's message, be sure to follow us on Spotify and hit subscribe on Apple Podcast or wherever you stream your podcast. To listen to other sermons and watch our live gatherings, visit us online at nwcbc.org. We look forward to see the difference God will make in your life. Thank you for listening to Northwest Chinese Baptist Church Podcast.